Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1992, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1992. Here from our perch in 2023, I am one of your hosts, Phyllis Gove. Extra, extra, I'm your special guest co-host, Emily St. James, sitting in for your normal host, that rap bastard, Joseph Pulitzer. <laughs> so with us today, um, back to talk with us is Dana Schwartz, author, writer, extraordinaire, podcaster. Um who has created, obviously, the podcast, Noble Blood, which can be heard on wherever you listen to podcasts. Dana, thank you for talking newsies with us today. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. If there's one thing that I want the people to know about me, mm. it's that I'm a huge dork for musical theaters and immediately fall in love with earnest boys who are dancing on a stage. We're putting on a show. They are Same. putting on a show. Everyone's like, why is Ariana Grande sleeping with that guy? And I'm like, well... <laughs> I was like, you see, this is the power of being a straight boy in musical exactly. theater. I mean, As, that's interesting. That's that an interesting take. A hundred percent what it is. You see a, a boy mm-hmm. who can do musical theater and it, it immediately uh, clicks some weird animal part of a woman's brain. Not, not to completely do a tangent on this, but Please. there are two places where guys who look like that can just pull incredibly beautiful women. And it's evangelical Christian churches oh and musical theater. Because those are spaces where, like, most of the traditional straight guys, you know, mm. the, 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 like, athletic types mm-hmm. were very okay. hot. I don't, I don't want to say they're not very hot, but, like, are just not really present. So if you're a straight guy there, oh. even if you look like oh. a huge, huge nerd, you know, you're, you're because 
most a lot of guys there are gay and in christian churches they're just i they're just like not there so i do think it's worth noting just out of the gate and it's charisma i have to say sorry just to charisma and like talent is really appealing to women so that's my advice to incels there's a lot of very cute boys in this movie guys i I have have to to say having been in a musical theater program in south dakota state university (laughs) okay there were some straight boys there who got way hotter girls than they should Mm -hmm. have despite a lack of charisma just (laughs) they were straight i I was texting with a friend of mine um (laughs) who saw that when i was tweeting about watching newsies and he said something to me that i didn't know and i'm curious if this is something you guys knew about newsies um he tweet he he tweeted he texted me and was like Newsies was a huge queer movie for for queer boys. Like it was this kind of moment for him. He remembers watching Newsies for the first time, and that was kind of the lightning bolt for him. And then I was texting with some other, you know, gay friends that I have, asking if this is a thing. And I guess this was a thing. Like generationally, I think because this movie played so much on Disney Channel, and like that's where it kind of grew its you know cult status if you will i think that a lot of boys were indoctrinated not indoctrinated but like saw this so much and were like what is these are some very cute newsies cute newsies i mean i it gave me my straight awakening it was one of one of christian bale yeah i love christian bale (laughs) and i mean not a little bit later i have to say I was walking uh, in New York and I saw Jeremy Jordan with a little pair of glasses and my heart like stopped (laughs) in my chest. Mm, mm, Yeah, It's, Mm. I mean, it it is wonder. People wonder why millennials and Gen Z are so queer and so pro-labor and it's just newsies. (laughs) It's literally just this, the plunk this down. Yeah. I Bill, mean, is we this talked about be your, this. Yeah. Your horniest podcast. I hope so. I mean, these doozies are hot. It's a lot of like hot, kind of dirty, dusty boys sleeping in beds together. Yeah. Like it's just like I mean, I don't know how. I get it now, but like I just didn't get it then. And one of them is the sort of Jewish coded. Oi, bet. A little bit, little bit Jewish coded for sure. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Yeah. But but Emily, you spoke about the the union thing, and it's worth noting. You know, we were we are still on strike. If we will be when this episode drops, it's anyone's guess, but we'll just this episode see. is coming out in 2026. So 2026, hopefully not. so yeah. hopefully we won't be. Uh, but I, but the union thing is interesting because we talked about this Emily when we were recording our our Wayne's World episode of all things mm-hmm. about how sort of back in '92 or back in the early '90s, you could have these anti-establishment movies put out by these massive corporations. Fucking Disney wouldn't put out a movie today that that is about like striking and unions and like how you can beat the man like it's crazy that this existed you i was watching this sorry i was watching this with my husband ian who had no idea uh uh, really what (laughs) What newsies was was or about um (laughs) he got bored very quickly sure uh because it is kind of a boring movie it's a pretty boring movie (laughs) a pretty boring movie for children uh but i was like okay wait when he got bored i was like i have to fast forward because you'll never guess who the deus ex machina is at the end you will never guess and it was great. Yeah, you got a Roosevelt that just it, comes just in and just like, turns Roosevelt the whole thing upside down. Comes in. Have, how many stories set in this period in New York use Theodore yeah. Roosevelt as like yeah. a deus ex machina? Is it like, Annie as well? Annie no, does. No, that's FDR. Oh, but, FDR. Sorry. But I apologize. the alienist, the alienist <laughs> is like, here's Teddy Roosevelt. And you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> because he's such a larger than life yeah. cultural figure. 
And yep. he also, you know, that rule of animation where you're like, your animated character needs to be identifiable in profile. Mm-hmm. He has, Teddy Roosevelt is just such a identifiable outline that like you could just have an actor. You don't even have to have someone be like, look, it's Teddy Roosevelt. You just have like the mustache and the glasses and people yep. are on board. Like it's, it's, it's a true. piece of iconography, literally. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the other thing that this movie I didn't know is that uh, was Pulitzer an asshole? <laughs> Like, was Pulitzer notoriously a... Was a rich man an asshole, Phil? Well, I don't mean it like that. I just... Because our association with the name Pulitzer is with... The prize. Arguably the greatest or one of the best awards you can get in literature or in media, really. And and so I just kind of... Not that that's... I'm just dumb, I guess. I assumed that he wasn't a bad dude, but I guess... Alfred Nobel. Alfred Nobel invented dynamite, my friend. I have a bone to pick with the Pulitzers. wait. Wait, wait, can I do a little sidebar yes, on Nobel? Absolutely. Because this is yeah, relevant to the Pulitzer yeah, Prize. Sure. Uh, Alfred Nobel made his fortune uh, on dynamite. And okay. he got sick or somehow, sorry, whatever. He thought that he, he was really close to death. And his yeah. obituary was published early. And the headline of the obituary was Merchant of Death. And then he didn't die. And he was like, well, shit, I don't <laughs> want that to be my legacy. And so he endowed his name to a prize. So now instead of Instead of uh, death, we associate I mean, good him. for him. So maybe Oppenheimer should have just funded the Oppenheimer Awards. <laughs> he really and that should've. would have solved the movie. It would have solved everything. <laughs> if only Oppenheimer realized that if he had just made a prize for smart people, it would have all worked out. And the Pulitzer Prize, for the record, was in the provisions in the will of Joseph Pulitzer. So it's mm-hmm. like he didn't oh, even wow. do it in his life. Yeah, no. Pulitzer, and Hearst, pick, Pulitzer yeah. and Hearst were like pretty famously yeah like, yellow journalism yeah, they, yeah. they made uh they made journalism worse and uh they didn't treat their employees well uh like oh, famous <laughs> i mostly know about this through newspaper comic strips but like they would constantly like bounce between the two publishers because they could never like get enough money from one or the other uh that's why they formed cartoon syndicates um oh, and okay. uh yeah uh i uh i just am mad at the pulitzers because i never won one um, there is a, yet, <laughs> yet there right. is a uh, very apocryphal story that is uh, probably not true, but I do think sums up sort of the Hearst mentality. Yeah. Basically, when the Spanish-American War was going to start, you know, there were all these sensational stories about how bad the Spanish war in Cuba sure. um, and uh, whatever the, the the reporter that they sent down or the the artist or whatever. uh wrote back to Hearst to be like, it's all quiet in Cuba and there won't be a war. And allegedly Hearst wrote back, stay, you furnish the pictures and I'll furnish the war. Oh, Jesus. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, oh, um, let, listen. Tell us newspapers. But yeah? I'll say that, that's the other thing about this movie too that I thought was interesting in terms of how like the newsies are selling the papers, right? And they're basically spreading fake news. I hate to say that term, but to get people to buy the papers. So yeah. like there is sort of this spin that's happening at the various stages of media, even back then to some degree in terms of how to get people to engage, you know, it, it's, we were talking off mic, um, the three of us about nonfiction before we got, before we started recording, that's part of it too, right? This idea of like making nonfiction feel like fiction and feel larger than life. And like, that's how you get people to engage. And then on top of all of that, this is a musical. So like it's it's all dialed up to 11 with people just breaking into song. It, it's it's 
I don't know. I'm kind of convincing myself a little bit of how this movie could have been great. I'm not saying it is great. I actually, Emily and I talked about this a little bit. Emily doesn't like the songs. I think there's oh, a, I think there's some bands. I, I have I, been trying to remember a song from this movie this whole conversation, and literally all I can think of are songs from Oliver. I'm the king of New York. There you go. Or what about, now is the time to seize the day. I could name like, Five there's a songs. bunch of them. Oh my god! I mean, Santa I can Faye. only here's here's the thing. I can only yeah, name songs no. from Oliver, okay. and that is because when I yeah when I was the age when I should have been watching Newsies, I instead was watching Oliver, Oliver. for some reason. So like that's just implanted Oscar in winner. my brain. Listen, I think that my parents were so concerned I would turn into a gay boy Socialist? that they accidentally turned me into a gay girl. So uh, I mean, it was it was going to happen one way or another, right? Yeah, no, the, uh, so yeah, I think that, uh, like, I, I just am like, why didn't I watch Newsies? And, like, the easy answer is I was forbidden from watching it because it might make me homosexual. <laughs> so, or pro-union. It could have just made, well, I mean, it could, I, I was going to be, you know, a homosexual pro-unionist either way. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I mean disaster bisexual pro-unionist, <laughs> let's be clear. Do I, you, I, yeah, go ahead, Emily. Do you guys Sorry, know I, the story about how Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan, Jesus, um, Christian Bateman, I know, top of mind. Uh, you mean uh, Christian Bale? I'm <laughs> just gonna start again. I don't because know what I'm doing. The, what I do I, like is it starts as 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 Christopher Nolan, Christopher. then it turns into Jason Bateman. Jason, well, I was I think I was Patrick Batemaning. Yes, yes, yes. I was right. Patrick Batemaning. Christian Bale. Uh, yep. Christian Bale. This is coffee. Uh, Christian Bale <laughs> did not know that this was a musical when he was cast. That I they did, it. they tricked him into starring in a musical. I love it so much. Which is so funny. And he hated talking about this movie. He hated this movie so much. So much. I, it, it is funny how, because if you think about where he is in the trajectory of the Christian Bale career, right? It's post Empire of the Sun. It's pre Little Women. Yeah. And he's just sort of, you know, he's, he's still an adolescent. And I'm sure that like, there's not a ton of roles necessarily. Um, and this is a big Disney thing, and I'm sure they want to jam him in it no matter what. And by them, I mean his reps. But I do love that, like, he hates Santa Fe because of the dance scene that he has to do in it, uh, which I think is kind and of he's adorable. Not, he's not that good of a singer. He's not a great... Well, he's, and he's not a great dancer. Um, Ian wanted me to bring up this yes. movie that I had never heard of and wasn't okay. aware of, but was a, allegedly an important part of his childhood. Okay. Called Swing Kids, also oh, starring there a it young is. Christian Bale. Oh, there it is, Emily. Swing Kids. You know oh, Swing boy. Kids? Emily keeps I, thinking Newsies is Swing Kids. No, I can't. <laughs> I thought, kept thinking that. <laughs> I thought Strictly Ballroom was Swing Kids. Oh, sorry. And, yeah, sorry, um, sorry. I have a very good friend who's who's in Swing Kids, uh, but also uh, I uh, watched it in uh i watched so for some reason the people in my like theater program in college were watching it and i mm -hmm. came in at the end and the like the like like title card at the end said 45 swing kids died in world war ii and i started laughing wait it's like a pro no it's oh. during nazis right yeah, yeah like the nazi nazis killed the swing kids but like I know, but the, 25 and... isn't that Many yeah. comparatively. Yeah, you know, and so I start laughing and this 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 woman like like who is working in the office turns to me and is like, People died. <laughs> so that's what that's why I just like swing kids holds this well, outsized place in my as does Oliver, you know. I mean, so, I, I guess as yeah, a Jewish person, I out of like everyone that I'm supposed to have sympathy for during the Holocaust, like 
um, Nazi youth is not like the top of the list. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. I do. I mean, the Nazism affected everyone in Germany and it's a horrible thing, but I'm like, that's what the movie's about. They're, they don't like have a Jewish friend or anything. I feel sad. I feel, you know, I do feel sad in the abstract that 45 swing kids died in, sure. in the Holocaust. Cause like that is, that is a tragedy. It's yeah, just, yeah. you know, I feel like maybe there are other concerns that outweigh. There should be. That. I also didn't know Christian Bale was in Swing Kids. He is. He's, he's the, the swing, swing kid. He is the titular swing kid, uh, which I didn't know. So did you know consider that yourself a uh, friend. Apparently, uh, apparently, Robert Ebert gave it one star out of four. Swing Kids? Yes. Yeah. He gave Newsies one and a half. So, like, he oh, was not no. a fan of either of these movies. He's not a fan of young Christian Bale. I, I, it is interesting. So, I... I the Christian Bale thing is interesting because I do feel like it takes him a beat before anyone really kind of like, I know it's, I, I hate to say it, but like him getting Batman is what puts him on the map in a lot of ways. Cause I feel like he's in stuff. What like about he's in, American psycho? I do. Yeah. I feel like American the machinist. You're skipping ahead. Well, no, I'm I, American psycho is probably the right answer. Yeah, I only say he's in Little Women. People love him as Laurie. I think he's fine. I don't love that Little Women. It's amazing. I best. Little I love women. that Little. No, best it's little not women. the best, but it's, it's the, the second best. best. It's it's whatever. It's fine. Uh, and then he's um he's in Portrait of a Lady. He's in Velvet Goldmine, which I remember him in that. He's in Mid to Summer Night's Dream. American Psycho is the is certainly the moment when people are like he's a man now. Because yeah. I think everyone was like, he's a boy. And then he shows up in American Psycho. <laughs> he is a man in that. He is a man now. And then it's Laurel Canyon, which I love. Reign of Fire, which no one's seen. Oh, that's fucking great. I love the Reign of Fire. Reign of Fire is great. Uh, <laughs> and then it's Batman Begins. And then, like, he's off to the races. But I just think it's interesting Let's that he look. has this. Period. I've never seen Empire of the Sun. Good movie. It's I know. Good. I bet it would be. Yeah, um, not to like. Written by drag- Tom Stoppard. Correct. Not to like drag us off on a tangent yet again, but, but sure. I really don't want to talk about Newsies. Um, well, we're gonna but, have to at some point. I'm no. Are you gonna talk about that. how Gloria Steinem was his uh, stepmom? No, that's cool though. That's I was thinking cool. about. I'm... I think now that Christian Bale is Christian Bale, it's time for him to go back to musicals, and it's time for him to star in the film version of Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of eighteen twelve. Oh, that's he Pierre. Be, he would he'd be grow a great beard. Pierre. He'd be amazing. He would be <laughs> a great Pierre. Instead of just wearing like the padding, he would actually gain the weight. It would be yeah. wonderful. He'd win his second Oscar. Christian, let's make um, this movie once the strike's over. I yeah. have been in love with Christian Bale ever since he voiced Howl in Howl's Moving Castle. Sure. Um, that was that was the moment for you. Well, that was one of the many moments. I'm a big Christian Bale defend. Like, not that he needs I defending. I like Christian Bale. He no, again, I'm saying not that he needs even defending. Yeah. I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a Christian Bale stan. Sure. Um, I'm an I'm an evangelical Christian, if you will. Uh, (laughs) His in 2000, (laughs) before he took American Psycho, his uh, dad was married to Gloria Steinem, and she said, "Don't do this role because it's bad. It's it's uh, misogynistic." And he's like, "Well, I got it because I need people to see me as a man," and he did it anyway. And I would argue. That the yes. book is misogynistic, but actually because the movie is directed by a woman, that it, it finds it's humor. by a woman, too, yeah. yeah. She yeah. adapted it with it, yeah. So Listen. 
I actually think yeah. that he made the right choice. I hate the book and love the movie. I'm the thing. Totally the thing about the 94 Little Women is I really strongly identify with Amy in that movie because I Kirsten Dunst was my girl. Yeah. So like I was like, if I just play the long game, I'm going to land Christian Bale in the end. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm playing the long game. It's going to happen for me. Yeah. When did you turn into Samantha Mathis is the question. Uh, I've always, <laughs> that's, that's the twist. I've always been Samantha Mathis. So. It's, I, I, I don't dislike Christian Bale. I really think he's a very talented actor. I, I appreciate a lot of the swings he's taken. Um, I guess I just sort of, there's something about him that I can't fully lock into. And I don't know what that is. It, um, anyway. I, is it that yeah. maybe for me, it's that I want to put my, my face on his <laughs> you, face. You want, you want to kiss his, his, his lips. His little curvy lips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That that does help elevate it does everything help. he does. He is yeah. very charming in this movie. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of a, 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 a context to this movie. Emily's favorite movie. Just real the quick, mo- though. Oh, God. If, I, if I got married to Christian Bale, how do you think he would, like, go method for our wedding? Like, would he put on weight? Would he take off weight? Would uh, he, like, grow facial oh, that's hair? that's interesting. Oh, yeah. No, I think he would shave. I think he would be I very... I think he'd shave. I think he might have a glass eye like he does in Amsterdam. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I want him to do some prop comedy at our wedding. Christian, if you're listening. He'll have a cane, probably. That's yeah. my guess. Do some um, prat falls. Do some prat falls. Uh, context for Newsies. In this musical, homeless New York City newsboy Jack Cowboy Kelly, played by Christian Bale, befriends two newcomers who is trade brothers David and Les Jacobs. When publisher Joseph Pulitzer, played by Robert Duvall, sets new rules that make it harder for the young newspaper salesman to make a buck, the boys go on strike. Brian Denton, played by Bill Pullman, a journalist who's sympathetic to their plight, gives them some tips in public relations as the newsboys battle grips the city. Newsies open on April 8th, 1992, against Sleepwalkers, Basic Instinct, White Men Can't Jump, Beethoven, and, as always, the Mighty Ducks. It would go on to make $2.8 million on a $15 million budget, just 39% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 88 from audiences. Uh, Roger Ebert gave the film one and a half stars and said, what I find hard to believe is that anyone thought the screenplay based on these actual events was of compelling interest. <laughs> Newsies is like warmed over Horatio Angler uh, or Agler, that is. Alger. Uh, Alger. Alger. Uh, complete with such indispensable cliches as the newsboy on crutches, the little kid, and of course the hero's best pal who has a pretty sister. I mean, I get it. I'm not saying that this is like script wise, a particularly good movie, but are most musical scripts like they're kind of just coat hanger for you to hang songs on. I totally agree. I think actually the problem with this movie yeah. isn't that there is like that the story's not interesting. Yes. I think it's just kind of a poorly paced movie. Yes. I think it's like boring. Um, it's too has, long. It's in too stage, long. Yeah. In stage I'm, musical terms, it has a bad book. It just it has like, a yeah. bad book. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I I actually think in the stage production they make certain tweaks to to make it go faster to like heighten some tension because they recognize like oh this is just kind of a slog, but the yeah. songs are so joyful and Christian Bale is so good and you can't tell me that David Jacobs isn't Jewish coded because he is David Jacobs. That family is pretty Jewish coded. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I, I mean. The thing that really hit me as I hit play on this movie is that, like, conceptually, I understand why they thought this was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that the idea of of Newsies as a musical makes sense, right? Like, in terms of these kids and in terms of, like, 
their plight and it's got this kind of Dickensian kind of vibe to it. Like I understand all these things. It's just, as you said, Dana, like the pacing is kind of brutal and it, it doesn't, it lurches towards its songs as opposed to like feeling as though there's propulsion. It's, it's unfortunate. If I could, I feel like I could edit a half hour out of this movie and make it a lot better. I, totally. Yeah. I watched Act One of the stage show, which is on Disney Plus, and I had a much better time. Like, uh, yeah. the movie like has a lot of stage musical conventions for no particular reason. Like the Anne Margaret character is like you would have. This is the person you have in a stage musical to win you the featured actress in a musical Tony, and there's no good reason to have her in a movie. She should have been pulled because there's yeah. a different convention on stage where that sort of thing perks up. You know, the end of Act One or whatever. Because you get a diva who could sort of like yeah. interact with yeah. the audience yeah. a little yeah, yeah, yeah. bit. Like, yeah, it doesn't. The character doesn't work. In a movie you're like why is this person here she doesn't she serves no purpose whatsoever uh in the film it's also unclear as to like what her establishment is like it seems kind of like a bordello it seems a little bit like it could be like these are women but but it's also like kind of well phil they um, are women they are women i want to be they are women that. sorry but yeah mm-hmm. it's it's got this kind of i don't know it's got a bit of a sketch. It's like a bottom. burlesque club. Burlesque is the right way to put it. I yes. think that's what it is. But also like just like, why review. are these guys there? Like, why are these kids there? It doesn't matter. I There is a part of me that feels also like she's a little bit, this movie has a little bit of Les Mis in it. And I'm, I don't mean to suggest like that it's even remotely close, but like she has kind of a master of the house. Like it could have been that, like if they dialed her up and made Anne Margaret into something a little bit more dynamic, but instead she's just kind of there. And you also think- they, they make Hearst, I would say, like, those villain scenes of him oh are just God. so dull and, yeah. Duvall's going for it, though. He is chewing the fucking scenery, but it ah. is, yeah. Do you think <laughs> this movie or the Les Mis movie is a better movie? Because I think they're kind of equally not great. I'd agree that they're equally not great, but I would... Oh, that's tough, because, like... I'd say that what I like about both of them is the same thing, which is some of the songs. <laughs> Do you know what Wait, I'm saying? Wait, sorry, which, which movie's better? I, I think, think Les Mis is a better movie because Les Mis is more mm. so- like I I think Les Mis is a better movie by far. I know that people have problems with it, but I'm like the Les Mis songs yeah. are just so powerful that yeah. it just carries you through. That's where I the, I would lean toward Les Mis too, but it's because I listened to that broadway musical soundtrack a billion times yeah. as a kid and like yeah but yeah like i think that the, the songs especially the well-performed ones i think tom hooper's every directorial decision in that movie is Wrong. kind of a disaster Correct. but putting his camera right in the face of for instance anne hathaway ends up working really well so yeah. uh yeah and the songs are great there's some great and also songs. just i mean the thing about les mis and it's the problem i mean listen it's it's unfair to compare these two things because one is a disney movie that isn't striving for the same and it's really unfair to compare them to oliver go ahead correct i agree i do love Um, oliver it's great i the thing about les mis too is just like the richness in terms of the character arcs and in terms of like the complexity of what they're going through what i do respect about newsies is that like there is some stuff there that i think is interesting like i do think that that jack's character does go through a bunch of shit the problem ultimately is that it takes too long to kind of get there like when he does become a quote-unquote turncoat and gets in bed with pulitzer it's so late in the movie that i'm just like i need this to happen at the midway point not two-thirds through it's just it's so i don't know and also what i do think the um uh musical does a little better is i think bringing 
Santa Fe up earlier, at least as a reprieve, like, and then giving it the reprise is like, <clears throat> it establishes Jack as having a perspective. Mm-hmm. Like we care about this person. He has a dream. He has something he wants to do. And then at the end, it's a journey when it's like, is he given that choice? No, he's going to stay. Right. Which also folds into, I do think this movie is about the haves and have nots. It's about class. It's about sort of the rich versus the poor. And I do think that inserting that into the relationship between Jack and David and Les is interesting, right? Like see, Jack seeing David's family and seeing like what a family is and what, yeah. All that stuff is good. Like, again, it's not as though this movie isn't striving to, it's checking boxes in terms of like interesting ideas. It's just, I really do think it's just all in the pacing. And I think that uh, Ortega, who directs this, is clearly more interested in the musical set pieces than he is in the other stuff, which is also a problem too. Every time and the choreography, of, yeah. it's very interesting, athletic boy choreography, which I love. Sure. I mean, I think what he gets uh, exceptionally good at, as you can see with High School Musical, is character archetypes that teens will fall in love with yes. and also choreography that looks young and athletic and fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I think so much of the, the traditional choreography of musicals comes from this Fosse tradition, which is very like staid and controlled and like mm-hmm. um, precise and it's impressive, sure. but because Ortega's excellent with young people, he creates this very like, youthful vibrant dancing that feels fun and the movie the movie does really come alive every time a bunch of boys are dancing that's when i'm like really gripped by it because it's just that's clear so clearly what he's most interested in and he shoots dance pretty well that i have to take very quickly i am so so sorry phil's gonna phil's gonna solve the strike yeah phil is this the strike is it over Phil's fixing the strike (laughs) hey how are you (laughs) how are you Leave all this in, Ernie. Put yeah. it, just put all this in the show. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I like that he spun his chair around like he yeah. should be chomping a cigar. No, yeah. don't mute it. We want no. to hear you. No. <laughs> How you doing, Dana? I'm good. How are you? What's going I'm on okay. in your life? You know, I got a baby. The baby's in daycare. Uh, I, I have a, I'm weirdly like very busy with work, even though I'm on strike because I... Uh, you know, I have a book I'm working on and I sold some Oh, what's the book? Uh, it's a novel called Woodworking. It's out January, 2025. Oh my so, God. That's so exciting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, uh, you know, just kind of working on stuff. That's not my normal job. What's the book about? It is about, uh, leave all this in Ernie. It's perfect. Uh, it's about, uh, two trans women, uh, in Mitchell, South Dakota, uh, a high school teacher who has just come out. And the only other trans woman she knows is her, uh, student and they, uh, form a friendship and, uh, stuff happens. It's set during the 2016 election. So as you can imagine, only good things happen. Wow. Yeah. That is a, uh, challenging period of time. Yes, exactly. That's so exciting. What are you up to? Um, it's slow decay, bed <laughs> rot, I believe the kids call it. Um, no, I am, uh, I just, I mostly do my podcast, which is weekly and requires a lot of work. Then in theory, I'm working on a kid's book, a history kid's book very slowly. And then I'm, I'm working on the human project of being a person, which is, uh, taking more work for me than I think, uh, most other people, uh, naturally are able to do. Listen, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, I sometimes struggle to just stay upright. So, uh, it's, it's tough. 
Um, I The thing that I've perfected just in my day-to-day -day life is having conversations with people that sound like I'm asking them to plug things on, on my podcast. Yep. So what's your favorite episode, recent episode of your podcast that, that I should listen to and our listeners should listen to? Um, oh, this is all staying in the, in I'm the podcast? Just, I'm telling Ernie to keep it in because we heard part of Phil's phone call and I want to hear the rest of it. I want, I want people to hear that too. So Yeah, that was great. Um, I mean, the most recent episode as of now, this recording, is about um, Napoleon and the Black oh, yeah. Count, who, which is the nickname that's been given to Thomas Alexander Dumas, who is Alexander Dumas' father, who mm -hmm. was um, the highest, basically the highest ranking person of color in the French military in oh, the cool. late 1700s, um, and just was this incredible soldier. And his story, I think is like a, a great window into the question of what race was like at the end mm -hmm. of the 18th century yeah. before the French revolution and after it. And then uh, he basically just runs afoul of Napoleon and Napoleon really ruins his career. And then he gets imprisoned accidentally and they don't really make moves to get him free. Mm. And Napoleon becomes emperor and spoiler alert, reinstitute sl re slavery in the French colonies even though that had been banned during the French Revolution. Um, and it's just, yeah, a, I think a, a fun story because yeah. it's sort of this like uh, swashbuckling story about a soldier and also a, a window into the racial politics of the Napoleonic era. Yeah. Just to be clear, we will heavily edit this because it is. <laughs> but I want to leave some of it in because I think we're having a good time. You um, do not have to. I, I'm just telling you, I hope you... Uh, you uh listen yeah listen listen it's a good show what's your favorite musical what 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 musicals do you love most i love sweeney todd oh fuck yeah how do I you mean, feel about the movie uh not great mm -hmm. i mean it's fun to like see it and i'm yeah. not as much of a you know tim burton hater as some people mm -hmm. but i uh the movie's not good like i don't defend the movie but i enjoy it i think more than most just because i really like uh the movie uh the musical um mm -hmm. i had sort of mixed feelings about the the new broadway revival okay i didn't get to see it when i was in new york i i yeah. hoped to but the tickets were just crazy so oh sure. the opera instead which was an experience oh the opera which the opera? opera i saw the magic flute which is i guess it's the first time i ever went to the opera it's like baby's first opera the magic it's flute. great it's very fun um i had a i had a blast uh and uh, i'm very yeah. sorry about that guys no listen we no, kept no, the we're chatter talking about going the opera we're very yeah. sophisticated yeah we're leaving this all in phil Oh, sounds great. Uh, yeah. I was, it was, uh, that was, uh, that was Esty about my Taylor Swift ticket. So I had to. No. <laughs> I had to. Esty just called you on the phone? She did. <laughs> okay, wait, what's the update? You have to tell us and then we cut this out. We're definitely cutting this out. Um, yeah. No, no this she... is all staying in. Ernie, keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> she said, she said um, that it looks like uh, it'll be the ninth that she gets me a ticket for. So unfortunately, Dana, you will be uh, out of the country. <laughs> Dana's just so upset. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Are you the gonna, ninth, are you, you the should ninth? take me. <laughs> it looks like the ninth, but I also, I, this is why I feel bad. Cause like I have a ticket for Saturday. So like, am I really going to, and like Esty bought these tickets and they're not for me. She just bought a bunch of tickets and I'm just like, am I going to like take one of these tickets? It just all feels weird to me. So I don't know. Oh, Give me the that. ticket. I'll take it. 
I've well, already the I only saw thing the show that makes in me, New York, but I know you did. The only thing that has me wanting to like maybe buy the ticket from her is because it's the last night of the tour, and I feel yeah. like something's gonna happen on the ninth, and I'm like, mm. anyway. So whatever. We'll is see. she Bill, cool? I can, will... can we arrange that I get to meet her? Sure. Can we she's hang out? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. She's great. Yeah. Which of your friends is she dating? She isn't dating him anymore, which is why things are even weirder right now that's why i like there was drama she broke up with him and i kind of inserted myself into this and now i'm like how do i become friends with sd and well, yeah, know, it's a whole thing. yeah which of your friends did she break up with we will cut this but i'm just curious oh you haven't met him his name's federico you have oh. christian bale it's christian bale weirdly christian yeah bale. no i mean she's she is the nicest person in the world she's super lovely and um that's why i don't want to like you know be a dick so she She's was just on like, the pod. I like to think that we was. vibed. I feel like She's great. She talked Aladdin with us. It was wonderful. She's she's lovely. I I just felt like when she was like I don't know. When the show was before the night that I had a ticket, I kind of was able to maybe be like, I got this last minute ticket and what like now it would be I feel like it'd be tricky for me to do that. A little tricky because yeah. you're like, I've already gone and I'm coming yeah, back. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I will buy the ticket from you for $100 American dollars. $100? 100, um, 100 Canadian dollars, if that's how you want to so, say it. So less. I'll so figure out the less. exchange rate. I'll figure and we'll but, I'll pay you like 97 yeah. bucks or whatever it is. But here's another thing. If there, if there was a universe where you could go backstage. This is the thing. I just, I just have to like... I got to figure it out. My my feeling is ultimately, I know how this is going to shake out, which is I'm going to go to the show on Saturday. I'll text her next week and be like, you know, I'd love to come, but like, I'm not going to make a thing out of this. And if you have other people you want to give the tickets to, I totally get it. But I'd also buy the ticket. Like Emily St. James and Dana, just stay home from <laughs> wherever you're going. Yeah. Dana's going overseas. It'd be I'm tough. going overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So now let's get back to news, guys. <laughs> back to newsies emily's favorite topic we were just we were just chatting favorite musicals and yeah, we were. Like oh, a thing, a thing what are your favorite we... musicals let's do that i love sweeney todd but i had very mixed feelings on the revival but i love what sweeney were they todd. what were they <laughs> your mixed feelings I I think Josh Groban has a beautiful voice mm. i don't know if he captured like the menace that i would mm. want People are like, well, he played it sad. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. That's not how I prefer my Sweeney. It's a it's a character decision. It is. Uh, God bless him. He's, you know, good at what he does. It's sure. just, I, I guess I prefer a little more like Grand Guignol theatrics and a little more um, fright from my Sweeney Todd. What's your favorite also... movie musical? Oh, I mean. That's interesting. Oliver might be up there singing in the rain. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. singing in the rain. Yeah. What about you, Phil? Or you, Emily? Well, Emily, you go first because I feel like you're more of a. Musical I person do, I do love singing in the rain. Weirdly, I love My Fair Lady, which I I think is one of those movies I watched a ton as a kid that just like sure. got imprinted in me. Um, there's been a like real recent swing of musicals, and I think my favorite of those is In the Heights. I really enjoyed that movie. Oh, interesting. Um, you know what I loved is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. So good. It was I so good. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. You know, I, I don't know if this counts, but I think it counts. But like Moulin Rouge was a really big movie yeah. for me Moulin in 2001 yeah. and still is. Definitely um, counts. 
yeah i mean and i was in i was the lead in some musicals at summer camp so like i what was your best what was your best role my best performance yeah yeah I think it might have been Joseph and Joseph of the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You're getting no, I didn't know you could sing. How did we go this long without knowing? Well, knowing you it's could not sing. something that I talk about much, Dana. Yeah, maybe you should. Well, uh, yeah, I was I was Joseph, and I was I was also fifteen uh, year old me was Jean Valjean, which is not something that that should be you know. There's a video of it somewhere that this no one is why see, Phil but... Phil you were the you were the straight boy in musical theater. Yeah. I was the must have had some pretty theater. cute girlfriends. I might have at summer camp. I certainly <laughs> did. Uh, but it was yeah, it was it was a weird thing because like in my teens I was into that stuff and I was in drama class in high school and all of that. But musicals kind of got away from me a little bit and I veered more towards the writing side of things uh, and got away from wanting in any way to be the center of attention in that way. Um, so there's like a, a swath of musicals probably in like the mid nineties where I'm just kind of like, don't really know them. Like I saw Chicago in London with BB Newirth, which was amazing. Um, but like, yeah, I, I can't speak to like seeing a ton of musical theater, unfortunately. Let's do a musical episode. I can I've sing, you can sing, it can happen. Everything. Every time I go to New York or London, I, I try to make a point of, of seeing what I can. The best mm-hmm. thing I felt about working for EW back in New York was that I got tickets to everything. Yeah. I'm an unabashed, obsessed, musical theater obsessive. Mm. Um, yeah, I th- I think that is also why I have more forgiveness for Newsies, because when those songs come in, it just really gets me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually I I'm gonna drag us vaguely back on topic here. Well, which I was is, gonna drag us there too. In a second. No, listen, Phil, I I am good at my job. Um, the uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, one of the things I find interesting about Newsies and Lame is another show we've discussed a lot is musical theater is the ideal form in which to portray some sort of form of collective action, whether it's a revolution, whether it's yeah. a labor strike, because you got a bunch of people working in unison, presenting a big number, and you get to hear their individual voices within it, but also you get the one day more where they all come together at the end, and it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and I think it it speaks to, sorry, just to to agree with that point mm-hmm. i think it speaks to like the feeling of empowerment that comes with singing in a group it's why like labor chants work because people yeah. love chant it's really powerful to, like chant together so like a group singing together in unison Community. is really yeah. powerful yeah. yeah that that said and this is not a new point i'm making here mm-hmm. but the fact that you require so much money inherently to stage a musical whether on stage or on screen makes it inherently a like product's of the upper class so it's sort of like an upper class cosplay of like lower class movements and like that disparity has always been fascinating because like i love i love hamilton who does you know hamilton's a great show but also like it became this like political thing when it's you know this thing of like oh good we're gonna you know fight back against trump or whatever when like it is inherently of the same, you know, it's inherently coming from an economic class that is not sure. interested in disrupting the status quo in any way. So I've always so been nice. fascinated by the divide between those two things. And like, I think that is kind of expressed in Newsies where it is like in, it is like in theory pro labor, but it's also made by the Walt Disney corporation. So yeah. it like pulls its punches here and there, you know, although I, I totally agree. And I do think that, um, people who who think that like Hamilton is the answer to anything of aside more than just like a great musical are uh, deluding themselves. 
I will say I do think it is quietly revolutionary that in the 90s, the Walt Disney Corporation made a musical Mm -hmm. in which a group of children say, we're a union. The heroes are a union going on a labor strike. Like that simple fact alone that children are watching a movie where people recognize the power of collective action is huge. I mean, how many movies have, have strikers as the heroes? It's also oh, like uh, Hoffa. Well, I mean, but the children's movies. I mean, obviously, The Little Mermaid. She strikes against being a mermaid. But I, I think that it's it's sort of another movie I'm thinking of, or musical I'm thinking a lot about. In this, in terms of this, is like Rent, mm. which I have a lot mm. of problems with. But it is very mm. much about trying to capture this moment and this like kind of movement yeah. and the fun thing about rent has been that like the opinion of everyone swayed toward why they should just fucking pay their rent and now it's like but landlords are bad rent is good <laughs> and like the content of the show hasn't changed at all but inherently these things get co-opted by the ruling class but also that's just fucking capitalism anyway phil i do want to capitalism i was gonna say um as you were talking, something occurred to me as well that occurred to me as I was watching the film too, um, which is, uh, and this might sound strange, but extras. Uh, the amount of people in some of the movies that we've seen thus far, Emily, is pretty crazy. And as we know, extras are very expensive to have these big wide shots where you'll have like hundreds and hundreds of extras is it goes so far to your point, both of you, of like feeling all of these bodies and feeling this movement and seeing this revolution. And there's a shot in Newsies where I was like, God damn, that's an expensive shot to have all those people there. But you you need it to convey what you guys are talking about. It's the same thing in Malcolm X as well. There's that beautiful shot of uh, you know, the of the Joe Louis after he wins, Joe Lewis after he wins. And you're just like, you need to feel this collective. You need to feel all these people. And we don't fucking do that anymore because it's all cg bullshit so you're never feeling like it's real people and i and it's a bummer um it's why as emily loves babylon for instance is a movie where you had a lot of extras you had these big shots yes emily you look like you have something to say about that bill the other day you said on twitter that babylon was a bad movie and i i appreciated that it was emily bait and you were trying to get me to reply and i didn't say anything because i don't i don't i don't zed on x anymore Emily, you and I are 100% on the same page. It's yep. an amazing movie. Yeah. Continue, I, Phil. You're but right. now I'm being, talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. I was definitely, uh, it was a little bit of Emily bait. I wanted to see whether or not you would come out of the out of the woodwork, and uh, you didn't, which I found oh. interesting. It's because Elon it also, chased me away. <laughs> Elon did with his giant axe. I'll just say this. Um, and I don't want to get into a whole Babylon thing. I don't hate Babylon, as I've made clear to you, Emily. I think there's. Do I need a to put a minute on the clock? Do I need? You to know, put we, we really don't. I'll just say this: I I want to watch it again. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Excuse me. I sneezed. Um, I want to watch it again. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. We'll see where I land, you know in future years as i continue to watch this movie you gotta, but, you gotta see it in 70 millimeter in a movie theater maybe, maybe I, I will go with you but i i would I'll love come. to talk i would uh, this is this this pertains to you dana a little bit um because howard ashman was supposed to work on this um yeah. he unfortunately as as we all know got sick with aids and ultimately died on march 14th 1991 which was close to around the time that they were working on this he also we talked about him a little bit on the aladdin episode emily he obviously worked a little bit on some of those songs too so this is all around the time unfortunately when he passes away so there's a bunch of projects that sort of had his his fingerprints on i think he could have whipped this movie into shape yes if there was one thing that howard ashman (laughs) was was great at it was getting in and cutting through the bullshit and and instituting a clear and effective story structure <laughs> i mean you can't say that little shop of horrors isn't like the most efficient musical they've ever made yep yep, yep. uh so yeah i uh it's a it's a shame and i mean one of the the many human tragedies of his death is that he would have had so much art left to give oh my god i, I that what we what we've been deprived of of his art is truly heartbreaking and i think about how this the the guy that that uh, Mencken brings in is Jack Feldman, who I don't know his work particularly well. I don't know if Emily or or, or Dana, you guys do, no. um, but he um, he's brought in, and I I just can't imagine filling those shoes either. Well, right? Like, I would argue that Howard Ashman um, was effective. I think this this the guy they brought in is a is a. Uh, excellent lyricist and the lyrics of of these songs are fun and and smart snarky and silly and they're perfect i like the lyrics of newsies what i think that howard ashman did with his projects was that he was also a creative force to structure and shape the movie and he used the songs to um move the story forward i mean think about like bell in beauty and the beast um and so I, I think actually Howard's biggest impact on Newsies, and this is completely idealized thinking, like we sure. have no, you know, whatever, is that he would have shaped the the story in a way that made it more efficient. I think uh, I was listening to the lyrics throughout this movie and was just like, these are these are good, like first, second draft lyrics, like they're really sharp. But I just was like, they're like Ashman was so good at wordplay. He was so good at like little twists of phrase. And as Dana said, he was amazing at story structure. Like he he made Aladdin what it is in a way that like uh, he was kind of merciless about killing his darlings, if you will. And um, yeah, this movie really needed that touch. It needed like a, a more fleet touch with both the storytelling and the lyrics. I just looked up Jack Feldman. He's won three awards. He's won a Tony and he's won two Razzies. Uh, he won a Razzie for this movie, for the song, for the Anne Margaret song, which honestly I can't argue isn't the worst original song of that year, is a bad song. And the then he won song. he won a Tony, he won a Razzie for Thumbelina in 1995 Aww. for a song called Marry the Mole. And I, I think like... based on that, we just need to watch Thumbelina. I like Thumbelina. What did he win really a Tony scary. for? Newsies. He won the Tony for Newsies, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It's yeah. funny that he won the Razzie and the Tony for Newsies. Because Newsies comes out 
Amazing. in the same year as the the stage musical of Once, which is really beautiful. Mm. And Once wins best musical, but Newsies wins best score because the Once score was ineligible because they only use songs from the movie. And Menken and Feldman wrote a bunch of new songs for Newsies, and that's why Alan Menken has an EGOT because he got his Tony for the Newsies Amazing. stage musical. Um. I wanted to note that this is the lowest grossing live action movie from Walt Disney Pictures, <laughs> um, at least uh, theatrically. We don't know what it did. Uh, ultimately, I'm sure it did fine on various other formats. Um, the other thing that's worth noting is that there was some uh, behind the scenes drama with this movie because Christian Bale and Al Keats, who plays Sarah Jacobs, were dating and broke up during... The duration of filming. I mean, that's a fucking classic musical theater thing. That happens <laughs> all the time. That happened with you and your girlfriend, Phil, as we all yeah, know. several times. Um, it, it's In fact, they broke up the day before they had their big scene together. No! <laughs> I can't imagine what it was like on set that day. Could not have been fun. Um, but But they are, they're a kind of electric. Like they, I don't, their big scene is the scene on the roof, but like they have real chemistry and you can tell that these two are super into each other. Like it it has that vibe of just being a teenager and just like, I don't know, it it really works. I think it's one of the things that really works in this movie. Um, I, I apparently, I, so this is kind of amazing. Um, so Mencken was talking, so Max Casella, I believe is how you say the, the actor's name. Mm-hmm. Um, he, <laughs> he had this great quote uh, where he said um, he went to see a, he went to see a movie and the trailer for Newsies played. And he said, I'll never forget the trailer ends and some guy sitting in front of me leaned over to someone next to him and said, man, Disney's really gone down the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is amazing uh, so funny. i also love that Mencken remembers going to breakfast with katzenberg at the four seasons in la uh and saying to katzenberg what are we gonna do and he said Mencken, i could throw 10 million dollars up in the air right now on doheny just throw it in the air it would do just as much good this movie's doa <laughs> you know when you said it was the worst performing movie in the history of disney um I was like, well, that has there has to be a qualifier. There's no way it did worse than the No Mobile. It did worse than the No Mobile. The No Mobile made four million domestic in the '60s, which is like seven hundred thousand seven hundred thousand million today. I mean, so. this is I think uh. one of the reasons that this movie has become something of a cult classic. One sure. because it just played on Disney Channel all the time, and so we just sort of grew up with it in osmosis. But it's a it's a deeply uncool movie. It's a lame movie. Musicals by just their very structure are lame because sure, they're earnest sure. and like mm-hmm. all musicals are a little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And and this is just like, it's such a lame movie that it's like a period piece and it's like a bunch of yeah. boys. Like, it's just, it's embarrassing. And, and I understand why newsies. Christian Bale didn't like it. Like, it's well, so uncool. That's another thing, like collective action, like having been involved in WGA pickets and stuff and like sure. and like watching the rise of leftist movements around the world is lame because you yeah. have to get super earnest. You have to be like, we are fighting for what's right. And I go out there and do chants with people. And I'm like, God, this is weird. Why am I doing this? I'm not cool. I'm too cool for yeah. this, you know, yeah. And it, but it is like 
I think that's I hate another. chanting. I do. Yeah. I, I don't like when they have a you chant. I'm like, I'm not, I want to listen to my little podcast. The chanting's tough because it's, it, it feels like I get just kind of cringy. It just feels kind of like maybe what it was like to be uh, on the set of Newsies where you're just like, uh, okay, I guess I have to do this, but I don't really want to. I, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'll hold a sign. I'll pick it all day long. Don't make me say your chance. Also, the megaphones are so loud. I just, everything about it is just a little bit too much for me. But, um, I, little piece of, yes, go ahead. I have stopped like using, like, I, I, if I have a friend there, I'll walk with them and talk with them. But I have increasingly just like, I just like listening to music and just walking by myself. It's I nice. haven't gone. I, nice. This is the thing. I agree with you. I've, I've often thought about going alone. I haven't actually gone, I've gone alone and then met and just like had friends there and then just started chatting or whatever. There you is just something too many that, people. Well, all right. Uh, a little piece of trivia that I love is that this film was released on uh, <laughs> Joseph Pulitzer's 145th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Happy Pulitzer. Happy birthday, Mr. Pulitzer. Um, okay, Christian so... Bale should have popped out of a cake. <laughs> so, I have... To, so, Carrying the Banner Rips, the first song, I think is great. Where we see all the newsies and they're they're brushing their teeth and they're showering and they're getting ready for their day and they're talking about how they carry the banner. I think that song is great. It's uh, so cute. The, they're, they're razzing each other. They're razzing each other. And it ends with a... a a clip that I posted on Twitter because it was fucking amazing. There's some little redheaded kid and at the end of the song. He goes, these are for the newsies. And he says it in like some crazy, like twenties, thirties voice. And I'm just like, I love that these, these are like kids, but they're good actors. And they're all kind of having fun leaning into these kind of odd antiquated tropes. I don't know. Like you've got a kid on crutches talking like Bugsy Malone. Like it's all just bizarre. I love it. Anyway, whatever. I'm, that's just me. Um, I think Santa Fe is kind of lame, but it is what it is. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's kind of, it's his want song, so I understand why it's important. But I also we'll kind of feel up like a restaurant in Santa Fe. I know it's a, it's it's very funny that Rent also that has, Rent a also has a Santa Fe, and is a that's a better song. So I, it I is, could, it is yeah. a better song. I can never, I I don't know. My problem is I first saw this movie in 2020 and I saw it yeah. on a Zoom. I saw it on a Zoom stream with a bunch of other trans people oh. and they were just like all having a blast and I was just like what is this? You have to uh watch it for the first time as an 11-year-old on yeah. Disney Channel. Yeah. I watched, it, really sing. I watched it with my baby and they seemed into it. So I may have created a Newsies yeah. fan. You never know. And your baby loved Wayne's World as well. For what baby, the, baby is, the baby is getting very into the cinema and the show Bluey. Those those are the <laughs> things the baby likes. I Yeah, it's... I do think it's interesting, Dana, when we were talking about the Howard Ashman of it all and how obviously he was guy, the guy that kind of coined the phrase, the want song, right? Like that is... Mm -hmm why it's so important for Ariel's character, why it's so important. And it, it, it feels like it's such a mainstay now in specifically Disney musicals, but yeah. just, it's pretty amazing to think about. Like they, that's, if they took one big lesson from Howard Ashman, it was, they all got to have a fucking one song. <laughs> like it's pretty amazing. I would argue that this is like not a super successful one song because it's like, uh, it doesn't really inform. Mm-hmm the rest of his character the Correct. the movie isn't about him going to santa fe he has a chance at the end and then he says fuck it and he turns around 
you know, like Little Mermaid is about her trying to become a human. You know, she wants more. And Beauty and the Beast is about her going to find an adventure. Like this isn't about a guy actually getting away from being a newsie. It's about him becoming more entrenched in being a newsie. What if halfway through this movie, he had a meeting with Pulitzer and Pulitzer said, if I, I'll just like, give me your voice and I'll make you a cowboy. And then like, he was just walking around mute through the rest of the movie dressed as a cowboy. (laughs) I mean, would watch. I, you know, it's, I agree with you, Dana. His want is, is muddy because part of it is I want a family but part of it is I want to get the hell out of Dodge. And part of it is I don't really want to be a leader. But part of it is, but I need to be a leader because otherwise, like, there is, it's just, it's, I agree with you. It's not nearly clear enough as to, like, what he wants. Um, but, you know, listen, there are people. They try to design. fix that a little bit in the musical by establishing it early and then changing his want. But right. it's just. I like the song Santa Fe. I find it, it very wholesome and sweet, but it sure. doesn't really like it's the character arc that I have a problem with. Not the, not the songs. I, I if, believe. Yeah. If you like drill down on the thing where he wants yeah. a family, then him finding a family in this group of people like that could be, you know, he, he wants the contact high of, of the Jacobs family, Yeah. yeah. but then actually his family is the news. He's like, that could work. It's just like, also, he wants to move, but has he looked at Zillow? It's just. <laughs> it's, I mean, part of the, it's really funny because I do think that so much of the movie kind of comes down to this thing because there's a, that, that lack of understanding our protagonist's goals and desires hurts the propulsion of it as well, right? Because like you don't have a character that you're like, okay, I know what he, I know what he wants. And then you're also like, what do the newsies want? And the newsies just want to be paid fairly, which is fine, but like kind of a tough thing to be excited about as an audience member, um, which is another reason why you don't see a lot of union movies, which is that it's tough to like, it's just, it's all really hard. Like this is not an easy movie to do. And I kind of feel like they just stepped on some landmines along the way. Yeah. I think like the the thing is like you just you need to have a Norma Ray. You need to have someone who's finally yeah. pushed yes. too far, who organizes everybody. And the thing is like the historical record. This is the thing. I watched this movie again, you know, obviously for the show, and I had a pretty good time until I read the Wikipedia page. Uh, and the actual leader of the strike was a one-eyed young man named Louis Belletti, nicknamed Kid Blink, who spoke with a heavy <laughs> Brooklyn accent that was often phonetically transcribed when he was quoted by newspapers. Kid like, Blink. You want this movie to be about Kid Blink. And I understand why Disney would not make a movie about Kid Blink and like maybe not have a sure. musical with a guy who has a heavy Brooklyn accent just breaking into song. But like he like he started the strike because of the unfair conditions and the way he felt mistreated. And it's just like in this movie, Jack becomes a strike leader kind of incidentally, and it's his character arc. But also it doesn't feel like it follows organically from anything he established about him. Yeah, it, it's interesting because Kid Blink is in this film and he is yes. the kid that 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 is the head of the of the Brooklyn oh, crew. When Brooklyn when all the boroughs come together, how do you not? It's, I love it. It's cr- yeah, pacing, Emily has no heart. The problem with this movie really is the pacing because like that moment should be such a big moment. And you're like, well, what point in the movie does it come in? It like, it just is wrong, but it's so good. The moments individually are so excellent. I love that the actor's name who plays Kid Blink is Trey Parker. And I like to think that it is Trey Parker. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I, I, no, I totally agree with you, Dana, that like, 
it's so funny because if the three of us and we're not going to do this but if the three of us sat down and like actually put on a board the the big kind of plot points in this movie they're all there it's just they're executed not perfectly and and getting to them feels like it's kind of this weird lurching kind of it's just the pacing and the momentum is so off that you're not hitting these beats hard enough emotionally and then i also have to say too like the end of this film is also a little bit like it's a there's a lot of stuff that gets jammed into the third act of this movie as well where it's like you have jack who's convinced by pulitzer to join you know and the 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 evil people i guess for lack of a better way of putting it and then the newsies are upset with jack for having turned on them but then it all kind of how does it all play out where it's like there's this oh my god there's all sorts of like convoluted things about like there's the police chief and then there's the guy who runs the orphanage the the, the abusive orphanage because they're getting a kickback right yeah right so there's all these like weird bureaucratic things that are going on that you're just like no one cares about these things well teddy roosevelt cares about these things (laughs) yes but like it's crazy to me that the third act of this movie is about like bureaucratic red tape and like how corrupt the police system is and i'm like okay anyway it's all it's all just a lot (laughs) newsies is a david simon show this is what ultimately (laughs) it comes down to it is yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting too. Like the Jack and Pulitzer scene, the scene between Christian Bale and Robert Duvall, like these are two great actors. And you yeah. can sense that they're both like, Are we okay? I guess we're gonna give this our all, even though like it's not deserving of this. But it's a good scene, and Duvall's giving it all his all. And then like the newsies are shocked and upset when Jack is working for them, and then like the brothers are attacked by the evil henchmen of Pulitzer. And then, like, somehow I... they get a fucking printing press that he just leaves in someone's basement and no one hears them using this this printing press. No, they're allowed to have their own printing press, actually. It's it's good. And they have ink and paper. That's, a, that's they can do it. Crazy. Read it's the fucking crazy. First Amendment, Phil. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, they can do what they want. <laughs> I bad. think that actually if given the pieces of Newsies, if someone was like, okay, here are these songs in isolation mm-hmm. and here are these characters – not to be arrogant, but I think starting from scratch, I could write a better Newsies. Like, I do think this sort of feels yes. like yes. just if we're like, okay, let's just like start from scratch and like take mm-hmm. these songs and you listen mm-hmm. to these songs and you're like, okay, where should this go? Like, I think if someone had never seen Newsies, but had listened to yes. all the songs, yes. they would put together like a more cohesive musical. Absolutely. I also think that unfortunately, after King of New York, the songs all suck. Like, it drops off a cliff, and there is no real, like, banger in your back quarter of the movie or whatever. So you're just kind of left with kind of reprises, and, like, it just doesn't really work. I also That's like, I have to say, that is a classic Broadway tradition where the second act of Fiddler on the Roof has (laughs) no songs that you know or care about. Like, it's astonishing. You're like, how... How did they put all of the good songs in the first act? And they did. But why do they do that? Because the second act is a huge bummer. It's like, you know, oh, pogroms. 
that's why i mean that's why there's the term 11 o'clock number because that's like you know um um sit down you're rocking the boat is probably one of the more famous ones is memory also one of those i think so yes yeah it's like the song that you leave humming but famously that just comes late in act two and often Mm. the build-up to that is kind of a slog um i just i just saw the into the woods revival when it was here in la and like (laughs) Act two of Into the Woods is, is I prefer it to act one story-wise, song-wise. I think act one has more memorable songs, but the smart thing they do there is they seed all the songs from act two in act one. So when those themes come back, you're like, oh, this is what we were building to. And I think that was the thing Sondheim was really good at. And you also get, I'm thinking like in act two, you get like a slightly more fun version of Agony, mm-hmm. which you're like, that mm-hmm. keeps you awake. And you get Last Midnight and that's, you know, big diva number. Yeah. I also feel like, and again- you guys go far deeper on musicals than I do, but do you not usually get some sort of, I don't want to say a medley per se, but like something at the end that melodically reminds you like back to act one of the, the, the bangers in act one. Does that you not should. sometimes happen? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of reprises. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just noticed that King of New York is the act two opener of the stage show. And that makes yeah, total which is sense. so smart. Yeah. Yeah, they really, they, they, they address yeah. the pacing in the musical in a way that is better. Yeah, I it is, you know, I I'm I'm thinking about the the end of this movie in terms of Jack, so Roosevelt shows up notoriously. Of course. Know, as is as is in the in the history books. He, he showed up to save the He should have sung. He should have sang oh, a song. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been great. He should have sung a song. And um I I think I genuinely think a mistake this movie makes is Pulitzer doesn't have a song. I think you need a villain song. I think they, yes. they, yeah. Robert Duvall. I don't know if he, he can sing. Yeah. He should have. He should have done. If he can't, he should have done the Rex Harrison talk sing thing. Yeah. Emily, uh, this movie needs that. Emily, a a genius revelation. He needed a fun villain song. Yeah. Just like I think one of the main, one of the many mistakes the Anastasia stage musical made mm. was they oh, they bad took, show. Oh bad, bad show. Oh, oh bad a, a show that is bad starring. Dana crushes Ramin Karimloo and and Derek Klina, and it was still a bad show. Um, one of the main, one of the many mistakes they made is the villain instead of being Rasputin is a soldier named Gleb, <laughs> and the Rasputin song from the movie is the most fun song, and the fact that like okay you don't you want to make it a little more grounded you don't want like a magical immortal wizard to be your villain sure. but like give us a fun villain song. I've seen I've seen the movie Anastasia one time, but I went to that with with my friend, and at the halfway mark, I turned her and I was like, "Doesn't this have a bat in it somewhere? Where's the bat? What, <laughs> what? singing bat? <laughs> Listen, I am not a, a genius composer, but can you imagine if Robert Duvall just glowered at the camera and like the strings were going dum 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 yeah. dum, and he went. Now they may say I'm a reasonable fellow, but they call my journalism yellow. It would have been great. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. I would. I would. I mean, I would have loved it if he had like a song like Hellfire. Imagine yeah. how good this would be. About how much he thinks Christian Bale is hot. That would have been weird. Yeah, I would have loved it actually. Well, where mean... he's like weirdly sexually attracted to these dancing children, <laughs> uh, but also you know he has to do what's right, which is yeah. Uh, yeah. But then like. The weird thing Not too is that, like them. Pulitzer loses this battle against the Newsies. Did that happen in real life? Do we have any idea if it did? Yeah. So according to an episode of You're Wrong About that I listened to, okay, okay, uh, they, they did win some concessions. This like, I mean, oh, okay, it wasn't like great, 
but they there was a it was a it was a nice little little victory i mean even in the movie it's like they don't get everything they just are like all right well we'll buy back your papers if you don't sell them yeah and like he doesn't hike up the price yeah right anyway they, they i guess he concedes that's something but yeah i and then so roosevelt shows up offers jack a ride to the train station so he can go to santa fe yeah and then apparently there was a scene at the train station that they ran out of money and they couldn't shoot it. So they were just like, he turns right around and he just comes back to town and is welcomed back with open arms. I, I mean, I guess there was a scene at the train station where I think he sings a, a, a reprise of Santa Fe and he could tell that like he recognizes that his real family are the Newsies. I don't know if that's good or bad but that's what that is um and then he shows up and he kisses sarah um and i do think that the kid that plays is it jacob's brother the little yeah, kid he's yeah. great i think he's he cute great. yeah i also love like jacob's uh dad who's like oh as soon as i get back to the factory yeah 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 they seem like a lovely family they i would also lovely. i would also like to be part of that family too. did you like uh, jacob's family emily I love families, you know, <laughs> no, they're fine. They're fine. You know, they're like, fine. I, yeah, they are like, mm, I get why they're there as an aspirational thing for Christian sure. Bale. Um, I'm also like, they're a little They're Again, they're a little first drafty. They just feel a little bit like there's not a specificity to them. They I don't agree. feel like a family. They feel like actors playing a family. And I can't even explain what I, no, uh, sure. I know what I mean by that, but also yeah. like, it's this intangible thing where sometimes you feel these actors have just clicked over and they just make sense as a family and sometimes even in movies i love it just feels like yeah they're they're pretending you know they haven't clicked over I, for I sure it does it almost feels like a fake family but i would almost argue that like in this one context that almost works yes because mm -hmm. they are just supposed to be the most you know white bread wonderful family that through jack's eyes they're just like a classic fun family and it is, but it is a little bit like he's holding out a photo frame that has the like picture that came with it in it and like yeah. looking at that and being like, what if I was a part of this family? <laughs> it does it feel is that way. exactly that. It does feel that way. I didn't know that uh, Harvey Firestein wrote the book for the musical. That's why it's better. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, it seems it seems like that might he be made the it case. work a little bit better. And it it so it it moved to Broadway in uh, March 2012. Ran for two years on Broadway. So I guess that was a big. I mean, is that's that a hit. good run? That's, that's a good hit. Run. No, that's a hit. And also, there's like a, I think like because it's a it's a great touring production, and it's a uh, high schools do it with the rare high schools that have a lot of boys. Sure. It's a it's a it was a hit musical. Yeah, I so. Emily, we have talked about Bill Pullman a little bit mm -hmm. on this podcast. He was in the film Singles, which, mm -hmm. um, and we will talk about him again when he shows up as Dottie's husband in A League of Their Own, when yeah. we do that episode, yeah. uh, which, which we should do soon. Like, there's no reason not to, um, yeah. because we know who our guest is, obviously. Yeah. Listen, yeah. listen. It's, yesterday I couldn't it's get a hold Emily's of, wife. Yesterday oh. I couldn't I couldn't get a hold of my wife on the phone. Yeah. And I was yeah. like wor you know, I started to get worried. And it turned out yeah. she just had her phone off. But I started to get worried and I was like, Oh my god, what if she's dead? What if she blah blah blah? And then like like fifth down the list was, Well, who's gonna do the League of Girls? <laughs> I this woman we'll and fine. I write together and we have a child together. Yeah, and I was together. still like, yeah. listen, 
and I'm in love with her. And I was still like, oh sure. boy, the League of Their Own episode. That's We're going to be really say. screwed on that. Uh, but Bill Pullman in this film is kind of, this feels like a kind of classically Bill Pullman performance in the sense that he just seems like a nice guy. Nice guy who just does nice things. And I, and I think that that is really kind of his lane for a while until I would argue Lost Highway is the moment when, at least for me personally, where I was like, oh, Bill Pullman, there's some darkness in Bill Pullman. Uh, Emily, what are your thoughts on Bill Pullman? I like, like, I feel like he's one of those people that could only be, you know, there's certain people who could only be stars in that specific decade yes. they're stars in. He does feel like he could only be a star in the 90s. Yes. You know, his thing where he he's in Independence Day and he gives the speech and everything. Sure, sure. If, if you made that movie today, I don't know that people would buy that moment in the same way. No way. You know, I don't know who the Bill Pullman of right now is, but. Um, no idea. I no idea who that is would it, be. Yeah, is I mean, it Joseph Gordon-Levitt? He's oh. a little too interesting. No, he's like a little too, he has like a little yeah. like kind of something going on beneath the he surface. He also still feels like a boy is the problem. A boy. You know, you know yeah, just, he's like just, our best man. I feel like yes. Justin Hartley has big Bill Pullman energy. I feel sure. like he could do it. I feel in the, like. In that he's kind of dull? Josh, I mean, yeah, this. Josh, Josh Hartnett. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, there okay. we go. I He's saw top him. Top of in, mind because of uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer. I Very saw good. him in Oppenheimer, and I was like, "Look at that snack! Look at that um, guy!" Yeah, uh, uh, good Midwest. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Hartnett is Midwestern, corn-fed, beefy yeah. boy. You're just yeah. like, yeah, that's. Josh what, Hartnett that's what... is from Minnesota. He might be our Minnesota nice. But yeah, so Paul, like Pullman's whole deal is just like he's a normal dude, and suddenly this normal dude becomes president. The 90s was this period when nondescript white men were everywhere, and it seemed like they were like, they were finally triumphing. (laughs) And like, you know, I think it was a response to the 80s being full of like overly muscular, overly uh, huge dudes. And like the one guy from the 80s that crosses over. Uh, I mean, the two, like, like the guys from the 80s who cross over are the Cruises and the Hankses sure. and the, the Fords yeah. where they have, I feel like Costner really becomes a star in the 90s. So I, yes. I count yeah. him, but they're very much like we are, we can, they pivoted from we are infallible men to we are normal men. And the thing about Cruz is that he finds a way back to infallible. And that's why he's such a weird, fascinating dude. But like Bill Pullman, you know, he didn't, he couldn't pivot to being infallible because you just do not believe that Bill Pullman is, could be random. No, you know? he's, it's, it's really kind of interesting because like, it's, it's true what you're saying, Emily, he's got this kind of every man white bread kind of like, you know, he's in 93, he's doing sleepless in Seattle and malice you know what I mean? He's in While You Were Sleeping. He's in Casper. Like, he's, he's just like... generic, handsome, nice dad. Yeah, it's just like, that's his thing. Um, which is why I think Lost Highway is such a kind of fascinating zag for him in terms of, like, trying to do something that people don't expect. But you're absolutely right, Emily. Like, he... And he has... I mean, what was the last thing he was in that, that I'm trying to even think of him? I mean, I'm sure he's been in stuff. Um, but I'm trying to think of something that actually popped. But yeah, I mean, he's just... He's an interesting guy. Um, I liked him in this. Um, he's in some TV. I guess he was in Halston. He was in that Halston uh, thing. Anyway, I really this is some. This is twenty years ago, but I really liked him in that weird like X Files ripoff Revelations, where he like yes, 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 or yes, mirror, yes, yes. He like went around and and like yep. was like looking at end times prophecies or whatever. Mm. Um, I yeah. saw him on stage in uh, David Mamet's uh, most problematic play, Oleana, and that's saying something with yeah. Julia Stiles, and it was oh, like no. 
what a weird what a weird uh, what a weird production that was i just feel like yeah i think it's time for a pullman sense you know what's interesting is that he and i completely forgot about this show but the sinner did run for a while hmm? the sinner he's was good He's good he was in, in it looks so. like he was in a production of All My Sons with Sally Field. Okay. In London. At the Old so he, Vic. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's doing, he's doing stuff. He was doing some I, theater. I, I like Bill Pullman. I've always liked him. I think he's very likable. I've never understood the Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton thing that people seem to like. They're not, they don't seem like they're playing the same game. Like, they oh, they have no. very Bill. similar names. They have similar <laughs> names and they look a little bit alike and they're both in the yeah. 90s. I don't know I why guess. that's confusing. <laughs> I just, but the, anyway, sure. Uh, I, I liked him in this. I, I thought he was, I thought he was fun in this, um, in Newsies, that is. Um, but yeah, it, this is a, this is a weird movie. Um, let's rate this. And then I'm, I, I'm curious, Dana, uh, to hear your thoughts on what we're covering next week. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I'm curious as to what you might think about it. Um, I saw this film in 92. I think I saw it with my grandmother in the theater. I'm pretty sure that I did. Uh, I definitely had the soundtrack, um, which I uh, knew most of these songs far too well. But I don't think I loved it as a kid. I gave it like a 60 in 92. I'm going to give it like a 70 now. Like, I know that that's not like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too generous, but I'm at a 70. Where, where, where are you? People uh... fucking love this movie, and it's okay to love this movie, even Thanks. though Thanks, I Emily. didn't see it until I was 39, you know? Um, Emily, what are your thoughts on this? What's your what's your rating on this? Well, I didn't see it until I was 39, so I give it a 39. No, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm like high dislike. I'm basically, like, I'm, I'm going to say like 48. Okay. I think there's a lot of this movie that works, and I think there's even more that doesn't. Um and the queer phobia scale, I'm gonna give yeah, it a one. Yeah. I'm gonna yes. give it a one because it yeah. feels like this movie uh is just like just off camera boys are kissing, and that <laughs> is a vibe. So um I absolutely I'm, agree. I'm gonna give it a 65. Okay. Because I I think it's fun and sweet, but I don't think it's like a good movie. Right. I respect what it's doing. And I'll also point out that yes. uh Bill Pullman's son, Lewis Pullman, was in Top Gun Maverick. He was, and he yeah. looks like a mini version of his dad. That's so. That's why I was like, "Where have I seen Bill Pullman recently?" And it's like he wore yeah. glasses in Top Gun. He was a real. He was a real Bill Pullman character in Top Gun. Absolutely, just like sweet little oh, boy, sweet listen, old boy. I was thinking that there's there's some very very attractive boys in that movie. Yes, there are. But like everyone was like, you know, who's your and like obviously Glenn Powell is God, he's hot. But then like the next one down, I was like, well, Bob, listen, <laughs> Bob, hear me Bob. out, hear me out, <laughs> hold my beer. I want to talk about Bob. Yeah, it's uh, he's really charming in that. I think that. Lewis has done a bunch of stuff, right? Am I crazy? I think he's been in some other things as well. He's, he's going to be in the, the new uh, Lessons in Chemistry with uh, oh, Brie Larson. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Right. So that's, that's perfect casting. This guy's, Lewis, Lewis Pullman's going places. Um, oh, he's of going the lead places, in the new Salem's Lot. That is perfect. I that's interesting. That's interesting. That's, they're, yeah. they're doing a new Salem's Lot? Yeah, they yeah. shot it already. Yeah, it's coming out wow. later this year, maybe? Next year? Don't know. Um, speaking of, uh, of of young actors going places, um, next week we're covering School Ties with Michael Hobbs. Um, School Ties, just to give you a little, uh, uh, Dana, a little primer. Um, Brendan Fraser, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Cole Hauser, Chris O'Donnell. It is a who's who of young pretty boys from the 90s. We're coming back to Lewis Pullman, but go ahead. I've we'll come never... Back to it. 
I've never seen this movie. So this movie is what if handsome. Dead Poets Society, but anti-Semitism. Oh. Except not in the third act, which is about cheating. Crap. Don't cheat on tests. But it's mostly about Jews. Should we trust who, them? Who plays the, the Jew in, in that uh, breakdown? It is Brenton Fraser. <laughs> All right. It's a little... To to some extent, the movie's about how he could pass as a Catholic, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. You know why that is? Yeah, I, he he's does not seem Jewish. Very, he has a very Catholic-coded face. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> that's actually something that we didn't talk about in the episode, because we've already recorded it, but Emily, we didn't really talk about the fact that, like, the Jews in this movie don't radiate Jewish at all. And I think, like, in the case in the case of Brendan Fraser, that's ostensibly the point. But yeah, like, sure. all the other Jewish characters are just yeah. kind of like, you know, we just slapped an actor in this part. Who cares, yeah. you know? But I'll, I'll, a little piece of trivia for you, Dana, that I'm not sure if you knew. This movie was written by Dick Wolf. Whoa! <laughs> it's a that's weird... That's so funny. It's so weird. His interests are both, like, Jewish, uh, Jewish uh, discrimination at Cad Boys Catholic School and also Law and Order. He uh, mostly he, law and order. He claimed, like, I, at some we found some interview where he claims it's semi autobiographical. So, yeah. school ties is Dick Wolf's The Fablemans. So, wow. if you want to understand Dick Wolf, it's Dick Wolf's Armageddon time. Wow, it's his Armageddon time. <laughs> it's Dick Wolf's, uh, it's Dick Wolf's, what the fuck is that? Kenneth Branagh movie. Uh, oh, Belfast. Uh, Belfast. <laughs> It's it is I do not recommend watching School Ties Dana but I do I'll, I'll just say maybe watch the trailer um just to see the baby face of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck the, the most baby faced I love um them it's so much. it's also and like Cole Hauser like they clearly were like you know friends and that they yeah. all were in Goodwill Hunting together you know 6 years later how many yeah. years later it's just it's kind of adorable i just wish school ties was a better movie but I, michael hobbs is a great cast when i reached out to michael to ask him Delight. to be on the to ask him to be on the show he was like yes i'm so excited to talk about movies instead of you know <laughs> and then he was like i'm picking school ties cuz there's a bunch of boys in this movie i you know i'm interested in their careers going forward and that's fun to talk about and then it, you know we all realized none of us had seen the movie and it was just a <laughs> kind of disastrous but it's a fun episode it's a fun episode and it's it's also similarly to newsies it's it's got a little bit of that like you know pop boy energy like you got to wonder i mean michael talked a little bit about the 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 infamous shower fight where they're all like (laughs) and you're just like i guess that's probably should i see this movie there's i mean it's there's some some cuties in it it is not a fun watch but there's cuties in it the shower fight scene of a bunch of like naked young boys just punching each other is something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but listen, uh, it's a great episode. Uh, as was this, Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you? What can they, how uh, can they hear your voice, your dulcet tones? If you want to hear my voice talking uh, into a microphone, you can listen to the podcast Noble Blood. Uh, available wherever you get your podcasts, or you could follow me on social media. Dana Schwartz, uh, then with some uh, extra Z's on the end, three Z's total. Or if you want to hear me, not hear me, if you want to read uh, my perspective on, you know, floppy haired boys in the 19th century grave robbing scene, (laughs) check out uh, my novels, Anatomy, A Love Story and Immortality, A Love Story. Uh, Anatomy, very good book. Very good book. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. I I didn't I don't know if I asked you this before Dana but did you do the audiobooks for your books? 
No, it was a whole okay. thing. They originally asked me and I was like, great, I could talk into a microphone. And they were like, but you have to do a Scottish accent. And I was like, I can't do that. And then they Why? hired, I swear to God, they hired a, a, a accent coach for me. And I took like an hour and a half long lesson with like an accent coach to try to learn a Scottish accent. And by the end of it, I could like do it if I stayed in it, you know, I was like, okay yeah. at it. And then I, to switch back and forth because I would only do the accent for the character voices, the uh, voices, but not like the, the dialogue, uh, not the like uh, text. Yeah. It was, I could not switch back and forth. And I'm like, I can't do this. And so they hired like an incredible Scottish actor, which they should have done from the start. I, should I read my book? Yes. Yeah, yes. Great. Absolutely. Uh, Dana does amazing shit. You should check out all her stuff. Um, all her stuff. I want to circle back to Lewis Pullman. Yes, please. Very quick. Yeah. I mean, he sure. is in the movie, this uh, 2023 movie that was my number one movie of the year for a long time until Oppenheimer unseated it. It's called The Starling Girl. He is amazing. He mm, plays okay. a youth pastor who uh, gets involved with one of his uh, his charges. And it's a movie that's really smart about the complicated, like, icky ways that, like, that sort of sexual abuse between, you know, older teenagers and younger adults, like, gets it gets mired and, and um, uh, I've heard disgusting. Title. It's yeah. such a good movie. And Eliza Scanlon is the titular starling girl. And uh, and Lewis Pullman plays this other uh, guy. And it's they're both amazing. I, I would not be surprised if they're both like on my ballot at the end of the year. It is well worth watching. It's a great look into a part of American culture that rarely gets movies made about it. So I'm going to seek it out. I love that. He's in something else that it's bugging me now as to what. Oh, maybe it was Battle of the Sexes. Or bad times at the at the El Royale. I I just I do feel like I've seen him, and he does pop up from time to time, and he's got, great. And he's got to do be... Top Gun Bob. They got to just do that. Top Gun Bob. Um, Dana, everyone should listen to your shit. They should read your books. They should listen to your podcast. Um, but more than anything, thank you so much for coming on this and talking about Newsies with us. Thank, thank you. you so much. This was a treat. <laughs> uh, you're the best. Bye. Can't wait to t- talk about movies and TV with you. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.